Welcome to the Glory Bell Podcast. We invite you to join us at Glory Bell Church on Sundays at 10 a.m. in downtown Waco. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at glorybell.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Glory Bell Church. Thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the message. Come on. I know you guys were just on the edge of your seats. You didn't want it to end. You were ready. You're still looking for who you are. But for all the Mufasas in the room, the dueling light bulbs, come on. That's good. Hey, welcome into Glory Bell. Uh, so glad to have all of you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Chuck. My wife and I have the privilege of pastoring Glory Bell, and it is so good to see all of you. Look across the room, somebody make eye contact with them and say, You look good too. Everybody, hypothetically, all online, you all look good worshiping in your pajamas, or I'm sure you got dressed in your suit and tie. Uh, So glad to have everybody here on Memorial Day weekend. This is a significant weekend in our country, and uh, you'll hear a little bit more about that in our sermon, but just recognize the solemnness of this. Today, we have freedoms in America that were not free, right? We know that. Uh, Many gave the ultimate price, and today we get to worship and freedom. That was a good opportunity for you to say amen. Uh, We get to worship together in freedom, and we thank the men and women who have given uh, their lives for that and their families who also suffered. And so we thank them. Would you help me in recognizing that? We just showed you the best thing I've seen all week. One other thing that we want to do before we jump into the sermon is something that we do on a regular basis, and that is say our Glory Bell Declaration. And uh, we often put this right here in this part of service because it's a good forerunner. It gets you warmed up uh, because, as you know, the more you preach with me, the better I preach, the shorter I preach. And so as we start with this declaration, you get in the habit and the practice of being vocal right here in church and making some bold proclamations. So we're going to put it on the screen, the declaration. I don't want you to repeat after me. I would love for you to say it with me. Are you ready? All right, you're ready. I can hear it. So three, two, one. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My mind is open and my heart is ready to receive. My Finish with me yet. My best days, my best days. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Yeah. Uh, If you couldn't see from where you're sitting at, Chris, our worship director this morning was leading in a sweatshirt that says, uh, best is yet to come, very much a part of who we are. We believe that God's best is for you. And uh, it is ever present in your life today and for tomorrow because the promises of God are yes and amen. Somebody say, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. If you are taking notes and you would like today's sermon title, you can write this down. Remember the Holy Spirit. Remember the Holy Spirit. This weekend encompasses so much as a people of faith and as a people of freedom. This weekend, we remember the ones who gave their lives for our freedom, and we also remember the one who gives us our future. That is Jesus, who gives us our future. This weekend on our calendars, we are encouraged to celebrate Memorial Day. Once it was called Decoration Day. And in 1971, it became an official holiday. Today we declare we will not forget and we will 
remember. We remember the fallen. We honor the sacrifices of many. We remember, though, the gift of our Father, His one and only Son. We do that on a weekly basis here at Glory Bell Church. We celebrate His sacrifice because it was His sacrifice that gives us spiritual freedom. Come on, some of us have experienced that and it's time for us to be reminded. Let us not forget. We don't have to walk in bondage, but we can live in freedom. We don't have to be bound to fear or we don't have to be uh, struggle to an addiction, but we can live in freedom. Yes, we have religious freedom here in America, but we have a true spiritual freedom because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We know that remembering things is not just something that uh, uh, annual holidays are good for, but all throughout scripture, remembering things was important to God and therefore it should be important to us. Here's a little note. If you want to take this down in your notes, we will always forget unless we set a measure in which to remember. Uh, We will always forget unless we set up a measure or a medium by which we are to remember. Some of you are not early morning persons. So that alarm clock, that is the medium by which you remember to get up. Amen. Some of you, you're more acquainted with the snooze button than the alarm. Amen. Okay. I'll be the one who does it. I, I, I go ahead and set my alarm 20 minutes early knowing that I'm going to hit the snooze button. Anybody like that? Let's be honest. Okay. All of the overachievers. Thank you. Uh, for making us feel a little bad. Okay. Um, It's, you know, I have been guilty. You probably have never done this, but setting a reminder on my calendar for a meeting or an appointment and then failing to check that calendar. Uh, Yep. You done that? Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not as a horrible person as I thought. Uh, Yeah, I have done that. But when it comes to spiritually speaking, God wants us to set reminders And what are we being reminded of? Well, we are reminded of his faithfulness. We are reminded that he is a faithful God as we sing and worship together. What a great reminder. Every seven days we get to come together and sing and declare the goodness of our God, the faithfulness of our God, the love and uh, unending grace of our God. You've heard us reference this. You've probably read it in scripture or know it by heart. But Jesus said to those that were closest to him, every time you drink this cup and eat of this bread, you do it in remembrance of me. Why? Because remembering things is important to God. Therefore, it should be important to us. But it's important if we are going to remember that we set up a measure by which to remember. Let me just draw a few instances in scripture where God sets up a reminder for his people. First of all, in Genesis chapter nine, you know the story of the great flood. Everything on earth is destroyed except for Noah's family and the animals on the ark. And it says this in verse 15 of Genesis chapter nine, and I will remember My covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Thank God for those rainbows and those double rainbows. Now, I've never seen a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but when I see the rainbow, I'm reminded of God's covenant between me and him that he's never going to destroy the whole earth with a flood. I thank God for that reminder. 
Genesis 28 and verse 10 through 22 gives the account of Jacob's experience where he encounters an angelic presence and he names the place Bethel. It says in verse 19, and he called the name of that place Bethel, verse 22, and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you, Jacob, whose name was later changed to Israel, who we get the nation of Israel from, he has an encounter with God, a moment that forever marks him. You know, he's the same one who battles with an angel and he leaves there with a limp and he says, I'm not going to leave until you bless me. And upon this blessing, he makes a declaration from here on forward, I will always give a tenth to you. So a lot of times there's this argument about tithing. Well, tithing was Old Testament. It was the law. And Jacob clearly gives what tithing is all about way before the law is ever established. He says, no, I'm going to set a precedent. The nation, my people, my children, my grandchildren, the first belongs to God. We just had that moment in service and we, we, this is our first Sunday back to passing offering buckets. We've been taking it calm and letting people give on their way out. But we thought it's, this is important because giving is an act of worship. Tithing is a, a reminder that God, it all belongs to God and the first is his anyways. You know, this is this was a big deal for me. I didn't I didn't learn this probably until about six or eight years ago that that tithing is not giving, but it's actually paying because it already belongs to God in the first place. And that's the only time in Scripture where it talks about paying our tithes, paying our tithes. That goes back because it already goes to him in the first place. I don't know about you guys, but um, I, I have a, a, a system in our family. I, I got to be honest with you. I'm not the best at this, but I just want to give you a teaching example and use myself as, as that example. Uh, we get paid every two weeks at Glory Bell. And guess what? Before we get groceries, before I pay bills, I make it a point to pay my tithes. Why? Because I am not good enough. Uh, there will be a time if I'm not careful, I'll spend more than what I actually have. But as long as I pay my tithes first, it's a great reminder that the first belongs to God. This wasn't really in my notes. I don't know why I'm saying it, but I'm bringing it to my, it's brought to my attention from this passage of scripture. I would encourage you. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. Sometimes, um, man, again, none of this is in my notes. I'm not why I'm sure I'm saying it all, but uh, if you're here today and you're like, man, I would like to tithe or I don't know more about, I don't know about tithing. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, oh, just what I thought my first Sunday here in the church is all about money. No, please don't think that if you never give another dime, which I would encourage you not to do that. But if you never do, it's okay because this is how good our God is. He will provide all that I have need of according to his riches and his glory. I, I, the, the church doesn't need your tithe. You need to pay your tithes for God's blessing, for God's provision, God's protection. It's what brings his blessing and rebukes the devourer. Okay, this is not a giving message. I better jump on. Y'all weren't preaching fast enough with me, so I got held up. 
Uh, Exodus chapter 12 is another passage where we see how important reminders are to the Lord. It says, uh, the pa- uh, we, first of all, we know from Easter, we just had that moment uh, back a few weeks ago, but before Easter is Passover, and last Sunday was Pentecost, 50 days following Passover. Uh, but there's and something else in verse 14 of Exodus 12. It says, so this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Passover. It's one of those things that happens that is a great reminder that God has set us free, that it is the blood of the perfect lamb of God, whereby the death angel passes over us because we are covered by his blood. We are covered by his. That's why Passover is important. It's not just something that's tradition, but it holds great significance. Here's another reminder. Deuteronomy chapter five, verse 12. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Why is this important? Well, because there is something about resting in the complete finished work of our God. If the Lord rested on the seventh day, we too should rest. There's, a, there's, a, there's an ever-pressing uh, uh, phenomenon in our American culture that we have to strive and strive and work and work. And that's what gives us the edge. No, it's not. Just ask Chick-fil-A. They're closed one whole day of the week, and yet they continue to thrive and outpace other fast food markets. There is a principle of resting, uh, that, that you earmark a time. This is the Lord's, and I, I'm resting. It's amazing that Jesus... Man, I'm getting... This is so much not in my notes, but y'all know that Jesus... He's the firstborn. He was the tithe. But the finished work of Jesus allows you and I so that we don't have to strive and earn our salvation. We have a spiritual Sabbath because Jesus paid it all. So we rest on the Sabbath. The way that is carried out here in America is Sundays is our Sabbath day. But for me, it's kind of a work day. So my, my Sabbath and my family is Monday. And uh, it's important. I'm a better person when I have Sabbath. You will thank me when I have Sabbath. Uh, and I will thank you when you honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. It's important. If reminders are important or memorials are important to God, they should be to us. Here's another one. Joshua chapter four, verse number six through seven, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. What type of memorials are you setting up inside of your own family that cause your children to ask questions? Are you living in such a way that it provokes your children children to say, now, what does that mean? Now, why do we go to church on Sunday? Now, 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 why do we not watch these certain shows in our home? That's an age old question. We got the kids in the room today. Let me hear you. all the kids. Oh, y'all are being too good in church. I love it. Uh, Renly will often remind us, like, but, but these people, they, 
they don't, they can watch that show. I'm like, not in this house. This home is not their home. We have a few memorials set up because uh, we have been called to a different standard. We're not holier. Uh, That is not not the case, but God has called us to live spirit-filled lives instead of flesh-led lives. Amen? Come on. And the spirit is contrary to the ways of the flesh. Uh, Y'all getting me off my notes here. I think that's part of the problem is our children grow up in homes and their home is no different than unbelieving people that they go to school with. And so... It becomes the norm. Are you living in such a way that there are some more memorials set up that provokes your children to ask questions? Uh, man, this is, let me remind you, we will always forget unless we set up a medium by which to remember. Uh, some of you know this. I grew up in Oklahoma and um, uh, I got to Texas as soon as I could. Amen, somebody. Um, <laughs> But growing up in Oklahoma, I was one of those, our family was one of the rare families where we, I grew up and spent the first 21 years of my life in the same house, okay? We lived in the same house. We didn't move a lot in one little bitty small town. And uh, then I went on and our family moved when I, when I turned 21. And uh, when I was 22, I completely moved out. We got married. Actually, when I was 21, I moved out. But there was some things that I love going back to Oklahoma for. Um, I told this story just recently. Ashley and I, we met in summer. Uh, we started dating officially the following summer. That would have been 2006. Y'all, we just celebrated our 14-year anniversary this past week. Um, man, what a, what a great a blessing it is to be in unity with your partner and blessing. Ashley and I, we were just talking about through just recounting the goodness of God in our life. And there is something to be said, a blessing to be uh, cherished when you live in partnership with your spouse and honor God and put Christ at the center. Again, uh, we don't have everything perfect. Uh, we have some mighty fellowship in our house sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But man, the blessing of God on our marriage and on our children. And I believe it only can be attributed to the goodness of God. And that as we've drawn closer to God, we have drawn closer to one another. But as we would take Ashley back to, uh, I would take Ashley back to Oklahoma to see my family. Some of y'all men can relate to what I'm talking about. I would start recounting all of these childhood memories. And uh, I would be like, oh, in this building right here, this is what happened. And, you know, this is the mud puddle that I fell in one time. And this is the gym where we won the state championship in basketball. That never actually happened. I just made that part up. Uh, But like, this is the school where I went to. This is the church where I got started in ministry. And I'll never forget, there was this one building. It was called, growing up, it was called the Camelot Hotel. And uh, I was like, hey, man, this, there used to be a hotel here. It was enormous. It was amazing. It was at least 40 or 50 stories tall. I can't believe they tore that thing down. And uh, we got home, or we got to see my family, and I started telling them. And Ashley's like, Chuck thinks there used to be a 40 or 50 story hotel right here. I don't believe it. I was like, babe, I promise. It was, if it wasn't 40 or 50, it was at least 20 stories. She Googled it. You know what a good spouse does. She wants to prove. She wanted to prove. 
that I was wrong. Well, she was, she was right and I was wrong. It was four stories, okay? <laughs> ah, but man, I had this memory. It was a lot bigger and more grand than it actually was. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. I, what's amazing, though, in comes to our spiritual walk, I think instead of building up our past memories, a lot of times we diminish what God has done for us in our past. We magnify our failures and diminish or minimize the testimonies of yesterday. And I want to encourage you, don't forget what God has done for you. Have you set up any memorial stones in your life that are there as a reminder when it gets tough? Like, no, wait a minute. God gave us the word. No, wait a minute. God answered that prayer. God delivered me. Now, I know that God is a healer because I've seen it happen. I, I, I witnessed it. Uh, I, 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 when we began, well, I'm stumbling over my words, excuse me. As we got married, uh, a great leader in my life challenged me to begin to journal. And uh, so I probably have about 20, 20, maybe 25 journals over the years. And I can go back to the seasons of life and recount prophecies that were spoken over me, moments where God really ministered to me. And I would encourage you, uh, the greatest mind is still weaker I mean, excuse me, the weakest ink is still stronger than the greatest mind because what we often forget, we can go back and recount if we've journaled it, if we penciled it in and be reminded of God's faithfulness. That's why we say at Glory Bell, note takers are history makers. Second Corinthians chapter 317, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Today on Memorial Day weekend, I want to encourage you that the Spirit of God, this is a continuation of last week's sermon, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, who the psalmist wrote, we cannot escape from in Psalm 139. That Holy Spirit will give us freedom, freedom from addictions, freedom from pain and hurt. You don't have to look very far in our world to know that there are people that are bound and they need the freedom that comes from the Holy Spirit. You don't have to look beyond the church because too many of us inside of the church have not experienced true freedom. And I want to encourage you, the Holy Spirit has made that available to you. Why is it important that we gather together? Because when we gather together, we experience this holy moment. Tears will fill our eyes. Joy fills our heart and strengthens our, the, our spirit, man. But the same moments that you had in worship today should not be confined to the four walls of Glory Bell. No, the Holy Spirit is meant for you to encounter that same freedom, that same strengthening of your spirit, that same joy in your heart, that same re release from the, the pressures and the pandemic that's around you. The Holy Spirit gives you that freedom. John 14, verse 23. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Y'all, let me read that again. If you missed that, it said, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. What does the Holy Spirit do? It doesn't make me better than you. The Holy Spirit makes me a better me. 
You need the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it allows our God to bring heaven to earth. And we need a little more heaven on earth. When we say that prayer that Jesus prayed, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you get the will of God that is in heaven to take place here on earth? You invite the Holy Spirit to fill you. You, let me remind you what the Holy Spirit does. It said, Jesus said, we will come and make our home with you. Man, that's encouraging to me. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own, but what I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. What I'm telling you is the things now I am still, while I'm still with you, but the Father sends an advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Why is the Holy Spirit important? Because if you want a little heaven on earth, you need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if you want to be reminded of the promises of God through Jesus, uh, you need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me when days are dark, when things are tough, when life doesn't go as expected, I need to be reminded that God is for me and not against me. I need to be reminded that greater is he who is in me than, than, than he that is in the world around me. I need to be reminded of that. You need to be reminded of that. Remember the Holy Spirit. Remember it today. Make, a, make a, 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 a measure inside of your life that says, I will not forget the blessings of God that come by the promise of the Holy Spirit. Verse 27, Jesus continued, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back again. How can you remember this in light of all the things going around you? You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will remind you when things get tough, when the political scene gets crazy and the racial divide gets ugly. Be reminded of the goodness of God. This peace I leave with you, this gift, the world cannot offer it. There's not an amount of education that you can get that will give you this peace. There's not a level of status or money, but the Holy Spirit that I'm leaving with you is your gift. It is the advocate. It is the peace that you are longing for. Come on. We need to to be reminded of all that the Holy Spirit gives us. I said this last week, but it's too good not to repeat again. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, we need it. Matthew chapter one, Jesus was born by the Spirit. Matthew three, he was baptized by the Spirit. Luke chapter four, he was led by the Spirit. Uh, Luke 4, 18, he was anointed by the Spirit. In Romans 8, he was resurrected by the Spirit. If Jesus, living on earth as the very Son of God, needed the Holy Spirit, don't you think you and I, as mere humans, need the Holy Spirit? Why, why do we need it? Because it reminds us of the fulfillment of God's promises in our life. It reminds us that we have a peace that the world cannot offer. If you're taking notes... And y'all, I'm about to close. So y'all must have been preaching good because I'm getting, getting short here. If you're taking notes, here you go. The cross reminds us of Christ's sacrifice. The empty tomb reminds us of his resurrection. But the Holy Spirit reminds us that Christ is in us.
Christ is in us. As we come to a close, I, I want to share with you a personal story and many of you may be able to recount uh, an experience or, or, or one similar to what I'm sharing. Uh, but as a child, I had the opportunity to travel to Washington, D.C. And then as a young adult, I've been back a couple of, of times and uh, had a, a family that lived there. My, my father's uncle lived outside of Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. is a pretty special place in America. The history there is, you know, much more rich than it was over in Oklahoma. Uh, definitely the buildings were nicer, okay? Uh, but there's some pretty amazing uh, memorials and, and uh, accounts of history. But there's one that even as a young child, it stuck out to me. And it's called the... The memorial that I'm referring to is the memorial where it's the tomb of the unknown soldier. And if you don't know anything about this, or maybe you've never witnessed this firsthand, I think we have a picture of it. But there is there's something really uh, special about this place. The reverence is is it's you can feel it in the atmosphere. The the respect, the the solemnness, the heaviness of the sacrifice of those that have fallen before us, it, it weighs on you. Even as a young child, it, truly, I was about five or six years old, and I still remember the, the memory that I had of walking to this memorial. Some of the things that maybe you haven't heard of this memorial, let me share with you. Uh, there's a soldier who guards this tomb, and this tomb is, represents an unidentified soldier. And in this Memorial, this guy stands guard 365 days out of the year. Rain, sleet, snow, hot. He's there the whole time. And he walks 21 paces. And then he turns and he does an about face. And he waits 21 seconds. Then he turns again and waits 21 seconds. And then he walks the 21 steps again. And he has these special shoes that help him walk more level. And he carries a rifle that's fully functional and he turns and he faces and he keeps the, the rifle away from the tomb as a way to protect it. And there's just a significant reverence in this. But as you can expect, it's pretty rigorous. And during the heated summer months, it gets pretty hot. They change. There's a called a changing of the guard every hour. And during the cold months, it's every half hour. And it's pretty much, it's a spectacle. If you go there, families will watch and take pictures and video. And there's a wreath on display. And those that serve two years, are they're crowned with a pin signifying that they have served there. Again, here on Memorial Day, I couldn't think of a more beautiful illustration of honoring the fallen soldiers, but it goes more than that. It says, if you do some study, that the soldiers that guard this tomb, they can spend up to eight hours preparing their uniform. They live in some barracks underneath the tomb. Uh, the, the training is pretty rigorous. There's a amount of time where they, they, they don't have any interaction with the outside world, all in preparation for this position that they hold. When I read that about how much time they spend preparing their uniform, I was like, surely that is a typo. No, 
In fact, I had studied and, and it found it was five hours. And then another article showed me that as much as eight hours. Now, why and how does that tie into today's sermon? Well, if you will allow me the liberty to make this spiritual parallel, could it be that our old man is represented by the tomb, but the Holy Spirit is represented by the soldier who guards the tomb? Because I am convinced that what you and I need in our life can only be fulfilled and satisfied by the work of the Holy Spirit. And the way the guard guards the tomb is the same way the Holy Spirit will be with us 365 days of the year, 24-7. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. Can we be reminded that there is a great strength? Here, let me, let me read it. This is from the message version. This is Romans chapter 8. It says, it stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life. Remember that, that passage from John 14? Jesus said, and we will move in or we will live with you. It says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, who's alive and well, moves into your life, won't he do the same thing for you that he did for Jesus, bringing you alive to himself? When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be alive as Christ. Heading into this weekend, my prayer for you is that somebody who walked in today who hasn't experienced the true freedom that there is in Christ, would you experience that through the reminder that the Holy Spirit wants to not only be with you, but he wants to be in you. He wants to take up residence in your life. He wants to set up a memorial that you are reminded that, hey, the peace I can give is not the same peace that the world offers. The strength that I give, you can only find through the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit in your life. Would you stand to your feet? Would you do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes? As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, our worship team is getting in place. I want to pray for you and then we're going to sing a song of worship and then we'll come back and close the service. But as we've earmarked this weekend as a holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend, and we've honored the men and women who've paid the ultimate sacrifice, would you take a minute right where you are and give thanks for Jesus who gave his life for you? Would you take a minute right where you are and receive the love of God through the finished work of Jesus Christ? Next, will you just look at your life and take an inventory? Are there some areas of your life where you are not experiencing true freedom? And you're here today, if you're really honest, you say, Pastor Chuck, I need 
freedom in this area. I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is here and he can satisfy. You say, I don't know what you're talking about. If you are struggling to find rest in your home, you haven't found the true freedom that God has for you. If you find it hard to receive God's love, you haven't truly experienced the freedom of God's grace. If you're here today and you're struggling in your marriage or you're struggling with a a, a private addiction, you haven't truly experienced the fullness of God's freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I want the Spirit of the Lord to take up residence in your heart. So I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to worship together with this one final song. Lord, I thank you for your goodness in our life. I thank you that we can enjoy freedom from our sins. Lord, we're not bound to the, the, the heartache and the shame and the condemnation. But Lord, we can receive your love today. So we give thanks that you have paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we can lift our heads high, that we don't have to walk with our heads lowered in shame, Lord, but we can lift our eyes to the hills, Lord, because our help comes from you and from you alone. Lord, I'm thanking you that right now you're ministering to those that are watching online. You're ministering to those to my left and to the right, those that are looking for freedom. Lord, and you're allowing the Holy Spirit to fill them. Lord, we we are asking that you would completely submerge us into the the fullness of God and the, the freedoms that we have that come only through your spirit. Lord, I I pray that the the ministry of the Holy Spirit would take place even as we close this service and those that are struggling to find freedom from oppression or freedom from depression or freedom from uh, the, the anxiety that they have, freedom from shame and condemnation. Lord, I speak freedom over them in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak freedom into their every being and the soul uh, of who they are. God, I thank you that freedom is filling their home and their relationships, Lord. I thank you that the strongholds that have held us back, the weights that have beset us, Lord, we're surrendering those at your feet. And Lord, we're instead picking up freedom that comes in your spirit alone. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. As we worship, there's a phrase that Thanks I Thanks for joining with. us today. For more messages like this, visit glorybell.com. 